You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, On the Road Edition. This is episode number 47. Today, we're talking to Kim Raluna about her habits and mindset for success and how she uses inspiration and intuition to drive her business. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 800,000 downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right, Kimra Luna in the house. Kimra, how you doing? Doing really great. How are you? I'm good. We have this unstoppable force of nature on the call. I'm so excited to have you here. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I've been listening to a lot of the episodes of your show and really excited to be a guest here. Have you really? That's amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, I have a lot that I want to chat about today. If you know Kimra, chances are you do. She's taken this industry by storm and most notably for her speed in which the results, you know, I'm like the tortoise in this story where like it took me eight years to get where Kimra gets in like eight minutes. Right. <laughs> and what I love as I've observed Kimra and we've been friends for a few years now is that a lot of people in the industry that want to model her and emulate her look to her actions and a lot of the things that, you know, you've done and just trying to copy that. Like literally is going so far as like, you know, I'm going to paint my hair blue. Maybe that'll be the thing that makes it work for me. And I think what we want to do today is, you know, people are looking at, you know, it's the iceberg analogy, right? It's the, you see the iceberg, what's sticking out of the water. They see the blue hair. They see the opinionated ranting posts on the Facebook group, and they <laughs> see the funky website that's different from everybody else's. And they say, okay, she's, that's what's making her unique and special and getting all these results. And we want to say, maybe it's some of the stuff beneath the iceberg. And so if it is that, where would you start us at? Like what has attributed to a lot of your success in your fast rise? Yeah, there's definitely multiple things. You know, when I first started this current business, I really just wanted to go out there and serve people. I didn't realize how big it was going to grow. I thought it was going to take me, you know, a few years, kind of like how a lot of other people do to, you know, make six figures. I didn't know it was going to go so fast. And a big part of it was just I believed in myself. Like when I put my website out there on May 2014, I just was like, okay, here's some stuff. Hopefully it's good and hopefully you guys like it. And, but I believed it was good content. You know, I, I knew that it was stuff that I was very knowledgeable in and I could help people with. And it just kind of started growing much faster than I thought. And apparently some of the stuff that I had been doing was just different. I think I have just have a different perspective on things too. And I wasn't afraid to share my different perspectives on things. You know, there's different beliefs about business, I think that are different than other people's. But I know that it was because I believed in myself. And I wasn't afraid to just put stuff out there, even though it wasn't perfect. My first website was far from perfect. It cost me $100 to make and I put it together myself. So there was a lot of things on it that didn't even work right. But I still put it out there and I still was able to start getting customers pretty quickly. I was able to get clients very quickly and nothing was perfect. I'm kind of one of those believers in the, you know, like do it first, apologize later, you know, if something doesn't work mm -hmm. right. And that has really, really worked well for me. And a lot of that started even when I was in high school. I remember doing things like that where I just put it out there and it was like, you know, I can tweak it later. And I actually watched a video today that was about like procrastination and things like that. And, you know, we're always told like, oh, you need to be like a morning person and you need to, you know, not procrastinate and, you know, have these checklists and, you know, jump right into all your projects. And, you know, I'm a little bit the opposite of that. And, you know, I'm definitely not a morning person. I'm actually most creative at midnight is like yeah. my creative time. And when I can come up with strategies and do my business stuff, I'm not afraid to just be myself. I know I don't have to fit in the box of what every book says 
you know, a successful person is supposed to be. Those are definitely kind of the core things right there. I love that. And so just to recap, because you really pulled out some important points that has, you know, nothing yet to do with strategy or the right actions, but you started first with the desire to serve others without the specific focus on how fast I want to do this, how much money do I want to make? And I think that's huge. But you came from a place of believing in yourself and being yourself and you were okay with letting go of perfection, doing it first and apologizing later. Do you feel like just by sharing these and hearing these, that this is something that most of the people that are in your circles and in your Facebook group, like tend to get hung up on? Yeah, particularly the perfectionism. They think that every single thing has to be perfect before they could put their first course out there. And I'm like, I created my first course in a weekend. You know, I just whipped that thing together because I wanted to have something out there for people to buy. And I ended up re-recording the content, I think, like two or three times, but I had already sold some of it, you know, and I just said, hey, updated version. Nobody right. was mad at me about that. You know, they were like, OK, cool. It's updated, you know, like and I think that's probably people's biggest thing is like they want to do it right. They think there's an exact you know, exact steps to take. And, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, share these things like this is the exact formula or the exact method. And you're going to, you know, have these amazing results if you follow this to the T. And the thing is, is I haven't followed anything to the T and I've been (laughs) able to have really great results just by doing the things that I love to do, which is helping people. And the huge cosmic joke is then a lot of people are just trying to follow your exact steps. And (laughs) I know think the message coming up and through this podcast, and I know we talked about this in the pre-show before we got started, is a lot of what you do is based on inspiration and Mm -hmm. what what feels good intuitively to you. I want to dive into that in a second, but going to this perfectionism thing, because I see it all the time. I see it with myself. I see it as that the more I grow, we kind of use this analogy in a previous episode of being like a boat and that the bigger you get, the bigger your boat becomes. And so making changes, taking action becomes a little slower, kind of like driving a cruise ship. You want to make a, you know, a 90 degree turn that takes a lot more effort than a speedboat. So I even see myself dealing with issues of perfectionism. So what is your advice to those that feel like, you know, oh, I have to take six months to a year to make a course, not a weekend. And it has to be perfect. And I got to get it right the first time. Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, I was very hesitant when I first started my business, because partly because of the way I look, you know, I'm the chick with piercings in the middle of her face and tattoos all over. And that wasn't what I was seeing in the industry. And I'm like, can I really dive into this industry and have success? So I questioned it and I decided I'm just going to come from a place of helping people. I'm only going to focus on that. And all I want to do is every single day, help another person every single day, help another person. And I was always going to focus on, I didn't care about making money. Even my first webinar presentations, I wasn't pitching anything on them. I just asked people to join my Facebook group. That was it. I was just focusing on serving and serving and serving. And I think when we come from the place of being a servant driven leader and coming from a place where we just want to help and that's it, not even thinking about the money aspect, that's when it becomes easy because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I have to make a sale. And when you come from that sort of place, your heart just isn't right. You're thinking with the money on your mind rather than the how can I really help another person have amazing results? How can I change a person's life? How can I inspire a person to help them take inspired action? So it all kind of just is like a full circle sort of thing where you have to just let go of that and know like when you put something out there, you are serving people. And I actually had a student recently who she was terrified of doing live streams. And I was like, just do one, Mm. just do one. And then afterwards, go and ask three of the people what they thought of it. Every single one of the persons that replied to her said, it was amazing. I'm so grateful that you did that. I was so happy that you came on. I'm so happy that I found you. And I think sometimes you just need to take that little jump and get in front of people 
and they will respond based off of what you give. And that starts making it easier over time to just go out there and just do and be in front of people. Yes, I love that. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you're saying. I think this is so so crucially important that there is a detachment from the focus on the sales and the money and the profit and the revenue when, you know, especially when you're a coach and a personal brand and to create that commitment, if we want to say an attachment to the success of your customers and students and even people that don't become customers. Now, I'm trying to see if I can anticipate what might be the argument to this, which is we have seen people out there that are serving their community and committed to their customers and they're still broke or they're not making the money. In fact, I saw, you know, I don't know if you saw the Tony Robbins documentary we talked about on a previous episode on Netflix. We loved it. I mean, Tony Robbins, like I have been to a couple of events, love it. But I saw in the comments on Facebook, you know, because people get negative on Facebook and some people would say like, he's a scam artist. If he was really trying to help people, why would he charge money for his events? And so I really want to see if we can bring into Mm -hmm. the other side of this is like, okay, it's very clear, very apparent that you not only started with a commitment of serving your people, whether they became a customer or not, but you've also made a lot of money doing it. And so where do we pull that piece into it? Yeah, it's really when you think about who you're serving, the people who spend the money are the ones that get the best results. Mm. So if you don't end up ever asking for the money, people aren't going to have as big results, you know, and I decided to come out with a signature program, quote unquote signature program, when I had only been in business for three months. Typically, people take like a year or two or three to do something like that. And I was like, I want something big. Like, I want people to have big results. It was $1,200 when I first launched it. It's now more than, you know, doubled the price. But when I first launched it, I was, I didn't know how to price things. I just knew that people, if they paid, they were going to get better results. So I began doing that, you know, I, you know, launched that program and a lot of those students are now multiple six-figure earners and have been able to build something around themselves, what felt good to them. The name of my program is called Be True Brand You for a reason. I don't just teach like there's just one exact way to do it. There's multiple ways to do it. There's multiple avenues. There's multiple business plans. And I decided like, hey, if people really want this stuff, they're going to have to pay for it because I have to put so much work and I have to put my heart and soul into this, you know, and not that I'm not putting my heart and soul into the free content I'm creating, but I just knew the results that they were going to get if they paid. And I had heard on tons of different people's podcasts and like, yeah, my people who pay 5,000 get way bigger results than people that pay 100. Like I just, I kept hearing those things. I was like, okay, like I got to charge something. And over time, the students were like, dude, you're like undercharging for this thing. Like you need to charge more for this. And even though the price doubled, I still had massive amounts of students coming in. And actually, when I raised the price, even more students came in. So I was able to serve more by asking for more. Yes. Um, I always thought that that was really interesting. And then my students began having even more results, too. So I feel like when people invest in themselves they actually will take the action rather than kind of like, oh, that was a really cool webinar, Kimra. I'm going to do this. And then they end up never doing anything. Then compared to this person who is one of my students who is paid, they do everything and they start having results. I mean, it just, it's kind of just an obvious thing. Right. And how large is your Facebook community right now? Like how many members? 30,000 in my Facebook community, 50,000 on my business page. Wow. So out of those 30,000, I mean, these are people that get access to you daily. Would you say that the majority of the results and testimonials and case studies still come from people who go through your paid program? I'd say, yeah, like about 95% of them. And there's people who do get results from my free content, from free webinars or videos or live streams. There are people that do that most of those people that get those results end up buying my program later anyway, or they just, you know, hadn't gotten to get in it yet because I don't like launch my signature program very often. They're just like, Oh, I'm waiting to get in, you know? So when they do have results from my free content, they end up wanting more. And so that's something I think people forget about as well. Well, listen, this is great because I think this conversation we've created is really starting first from a foundation of being committed 
to serving your customers and your audience, not just customers, but anybody who comes into your circle, whether it's on your business page or your Facebook group or anyone else that you touch, even through a podcast like this one, and you've put underneath that umbrella of serving first, that putting a price tag on your most premium content is actually a part of serving them because mm-hmm. people don't, you know, so there is a, you know, I always like to say that there is a transformation in the transaction and you've probably experienced this yourself. I know that, you know, you continue to invest in your education and your growth. So you've probably experienced this firsthand, but when we throw down money for something, when we put skin in the game, we realign ourselves to take it more seriously, to create a whole nother level of a deeper level of commitment and that's what you get to provide. And I believe that's under the umbrella of serving your customers. And so yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, the question you had asked was like, you know, well, there's people serving, but they're not getting the results. And there's so many factors. There's so many factors. It's, you know, maybe they're not pricing things very well, or maybe they just don't even believe in themselves. Right. You know, and if someone doesn't believe in themselves or their product or service, then, I mean, you're not going to get the results you want. And that's a big part of it. And I've been able to build my self-confidence throughout my life. You know, I didn't grow up in, you know, a happy home at all in any way, shape, Mm -hmm. you know, any, any definition of what would happy would be. And I had to overcome all of that sort of stuff. And I started to actually as a teenager, even I read the book, it's called the seven habits of highly effective teenagers. And I remember after I read that book, it was all about prioritizing. And so number one priority was to be nothing like my family. So that was number one priority. Number two priority was to help people. That became a number two priority. And I still have focused on those priorities all the way to this day. And I read that book when I was like 15. So it's been many years. That's just something that always stuck with me. It always stuck with me like, hey, I can be something different. I don't have to live with the circumstances that I was given. You know, I wasn't dealt a good deck of cards, you know, like it was a horrible deck of cards, but I was able to turn those cards into something magical. Mm. That's awesome. I know starting a business, they say like this person's an overnight success, 10 years in the making. And knowing you, Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, before from the inception of starting your business, you had spent quite a number of years in the world of personal development and developing a mindset do you mind taking us down that path a little bit and tell us like what else you learned and developed before you started this business? Yeah. You know, as a teenager, I was definitely the true definition of the angry teen, the teen with all the angst. Mm-hmm. And I met my husband when I turned, when I was 20, I met my husband and he was, you know, reading all of these law of attraction books and the movie, the secret had just came out. And I was like, what is this like law of attraction stuff? You know, like I was like, this is really interesting. So he had me read the book, power of your subconscious mind. Mm. So I read this book. My mind was blown because I didn't know that I could just change the way I think and the way I talk and create an amazing life for myself. And at that point, I was the biggest complainer you could probably ever met. I don't even know how I had friends. I was such a bad complainer. (laughs) I was like, how do I have so many friends? Like I, I'm like, I complained. So like I was able to start, I kind of started seeing these, I guess, flaws in my thinking and my behaviors. And I was like, well, I don't want to do these things anymore. Like I want to be happy. And at the same time, I was also, I had high blood pressure. I was having anxiety attacks and I was 20 years old and I was already having this stuff. So I was like, something had to change. And so, you know, I met my husband, which to me was completely miraculous because I'm like, how the heck did I manifest this amazing person? And so I, he gives me, you know, tells me about these books. And so I read them and I started changing my thoughts immediately. Anytime I would complain, I would immediately say something that was the opposite of the complaint. And 
it seemed very weird to people when I had all these friends who they were a bunch of angry punk rockers and they're looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? And a lot of them I actually ended up losing as friends because of my journey, because I started going for my dreams and started being more positive, you know, like attracts like and my vibration kind of moved up the scale a bit and they kind of stayed the same and most of them are all still in that same spot and that's okay. That's their journey. But I changed. And in in exchange for that, I, you know, was able to be with my husband and my husband's family is super incredible, the most sweetest people ever. And I was able to build my relationships with them. And then eventually, you know, I started getting into, you know, more spirituality and I became friends with more spiritual minded people and people that really wanted to see others shine rather than before where I was kind of where people wanted to bring each other down all the time. And the happiness just started becoming part of me. I didn't really know what gratitude was. Mm. And sometimes I'm even almost embarrassed that I was 20 years old and didn't understand gratitude. And it's because I wasn't raised around that. Like we didn't say thank you and show appreciation to each other in my household. I still don't think my family does. I just wasn't raised that way. And I remember like reading, it was in Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, which I had a lot of things I had to heal from. So I was like, oh man, this book, you know, got to help me, right? And it's <laughs> talked about, you know, having a gratitude journal and learning to appreciate the things around you, even if it's just the breath that you have. If there's nothing else you can appreciate, just appreciate the breath, yeah. you know? So I was like, okay, like let's start this gratitude thing. And when I started focusing on that, it became easy for me to stop complaining and to stop having all these negative thoughts and stop, you know, having anxieties and all these fears and worrying about things so much. And of course, you know, there's still anxieties. I mean, I'm a mom of three kids, you know, of course, I'm afraid of my kid getting hit by a car, right? I mean, there's still (laughs) things you're naturally afraid of as a parent. But I feel like I can still have a calmness within me rather than it just getting intense and tensing up and me, you know, freaking out, which is what used to happen. And I feel because I've practiced this for so long, it has become easy over time. In the beginning, it was hard. It was hard to sit down and write in a journal. People would think that that's weird. It's hard for you to sit and think of something to be grateful for. Yeah, it was hard for me. Let me ask you really quickly, Cameron, was there anything like a moment a miracle or something that happened in your life that shifted this from like experimenting mode. Like I'm going to try this out. I'm curious about this to like, OMG, this is amazing. I want to go deeper. Well, it kind of was, it was an interesting journey, I guess, because when I started, you know, doing all this personal development work and decided I wanted to heal and be able to forgive people of my past and focus on gratitude and stop being a complainer, I ended up having this amazing husband and getting all these amazing friends. And at the same time, I actually ended up going on welfare. So I ended up basically not having anything, anything physical, like physical things were not something I had, you know, I didn't own a computer, we didn't have a car. And I was pregnant with my first son, we pretty much had nothing. And because we didn't have things like material things, I think it actually made it easier to focus so much on the gratitude and focus on just building relationships and friendships and learning how to connect and communicate. And I think that was just a big part of my journey that needed to happen. Mm. And so we ended up on welfare for about four years. And I remember I was like, okay, just had my second son. We had no money coming in. Me and nor my husband had a job. And my second son's bored. And I'm just like, okay, I cannot live like this anymore. We were living at my in-laws, which I love my in-laws. They're amazing people. But I just, I couldn't live like that. I was like, I want to provide the best for my children. So me and my husband sat down and we're like, okay, we are going to manifest an amazing job. Okay, we knew we couldn't like manifest some crazy multi-bajillion dollar business or whatever. We knew that a job was like the next logical step. So me and my husband both sat down and we wrote down, you know, exactly what we wanted. We wanted him to have a job that could cover our bills. So we wanted to be able to cover our bills. We wanted to be able to live on our own. We wanted to be able to have a car, used car, didn't need to be new, just a used car. That was what we wanted. 
So we started focusing on that every day for about three months. Every day we would sit down. I, you know, I had my, cause I use Pinterest. I'm very, I'm much more visual than my husband. My husband would just like mostly journal, but I use Pinterest. And so I would, you know, pin, you know, what our life would look like. And then I was on Facebook and one of my friends said, Hey, just so you guys know, you know, my husband is moving to North Dakota and there's all of these jobs for men. So if your husband does not have a job, send him to North Dakota. I was like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Like it was, we were living in California and I'm just like, all right, I'm sending my husband to North Dakota. (laughs) You know, like it was just to me, that was like a miracle. And I can't even remember who the friend was. I like, I've tried to look for the post like a bunch of times. I can't even remember who it was. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. So I started calling around some of my friends because I'm born and raised in Idaho. So I figured a lot of my friends from up there, they were probably going to North Dakota since it's close. And so I started calling around and one of my friends was like, yeah, there's tons of jobs. Just go on the Craigslist. Two weeks later, my husband was in North Dakota. He got a job working for FedEx. So my husband became a FedEx driver and I was like, all right, this is cool. My husband finally has a job. Me and my kids were still living in California with my in-laws. My husband went to North Dakota for six months and this was a risky thing. I mean, we hadn't even been apart from each other for years because neither of us had been able to have jobs. So we were literally at home with each other for years. And then I'm separated from my husband for six months. And then, you know, my husband was able to buy a car and I was like, oh my gosh, like we actually have a car, you know, like this is like, it was just like kind of like miracle after miracle was like happening. And then after six months, I was like, I really do not want to move to North Dakota. That's not part of my Pinterest vision board. Uh, (laughs) So my husband, you know, started asking around and there was a temporary FedEx job in Virginia. And this was temporary. We had no clue if my husband was going to be able to stay on this job for long term. So we had to think to ourselves, well, what's the worst that can happen if we move to Virginia? Okay, my husband works for a few months. They say, sorry, we can't keep you on. And we both have to get jobs at Target or something. That was the worst that can happen. You know, we weren't going to die. Our children's lives weren't going to be in danger or anything. So we're like, you know what? Let's freaking go for it. We moved across the country to Virginia no friends, no family. We get this small apartment, which was our first apartment. So we finally lived on our own, which was like miraculous in itself. And we were off of welfare, which according to statistics, very, very rarely happens. So this whole thing was just completely miraculous. And that made me dive even more deeper into personal development and was like, Hey, like we manifested this, what can we manifest next? You know? And we just kind of kept doing it and, and kept doing it. And, you know, I moved to Virginia and I became bored because, well, I had no friends and family there and I'm a very, very social person. And all I had, I had my iPhone and I had Facebook groups. I had been running groups for several years, mom groups primarily. And I was like, I want to start a mommy blog, right? So I, you know, talked to my husband. I say, hey, I think our tax return is coming soon, right? I think I should get an iMac with that. And my husband's like, okay, well, what do you want that for? And I was like, I want to start a blog. And he's like, okay. So we got an iMac, which I had never even used an iMac in my entire life. So I didn't even know how to use the freaking thing. I was not techie at all by any means. I was the person who would have to ask my younger brother-in-law, who was a teenager, how to upload photos from my phone to Facebook, you know, like I was that person. And so here I am like, okay, I'm going to learn how to blog. I'm like, WordPress, what the hell is this? You know, like, okay, so I have to make a WordPress blog. All right. So I started this blog is called the Misfit Mama. And I just wrote about things I was passionate about health and wellness, vegan recipes. I was being very creative. I created all these recipes. I should have made like a recipe book. Actually, maybe I should go back and do that. (laughs) But I had all these recipes. And you know, I had workout videos, my YouTube channel grew to like 25,000 subscribers, which I thought was really massive, because I was like daily vlogging with just my iPhone, you know, I didn't even know how to freaking edit my videos. So I was like, just my iPhone, which eventually I figured out how to do with the help of following James. Um, And 
I just went out there, you know, I was just like, I'm just gonna do this thing. And I started growing a pretty big following on Pinterest, because Pinterest is my favorite thing, which it still is. I'm obsessed with Pinterest. And I started getting massive amounts of traffic to my blog. I wasn't really making money with my blog. I was kind of like an affiliate to like all these different things. Like I was like selling essential oils and like all these things. And so I was making little bits of money here and there. And I have a friend who was in the online marketing space. His name's John Lavinia. And he's been a family friend of mine for about 10 years now. And I was like just on the phone with him and he was just like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to see, you know, how you guys were doing. Like he was really excited. You know, we had, you know, finally gotten off of welfare and, you know, our, our things are moving forward. And you saw I had this blog and he was like, how's that blog going? And I was like, well, last month I got 100,000, you know, unique views. <sighs> so I think it's doing pretty good. And he's like 100,000 unique views. Wow. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was like. Pinterest? And he's like, what is that? Like, that's a thing? Like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, it's kind of this social media thing. You just pin cool stuff. And he's just like, all right. He's like, I want you to teach my audience how to use this Pinterest thing. Mm. So I'm like, you what? <laughs> like, like what? Like, like what is going on? And he's like, yeah, there's this thing. It's called Google Hangouts, which Google Hangouts were new then. And he's like, I do this Google Hangouts like once a week. It's tomorrow. And you write up all the content that you, you know, you have to and teach people how to set up their Pinterest account and how to use this thing. So I'm like, all right, sure, I can do this. I had no clue. I didn't even know how to use Keynote. I had no clue how to make a presentation at all. I'd never done that before. And so I just wrote everything up on like a pages or Word document. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to teach people. You know, teach people how to, you know, make their account, how to make their boards, how to do all this, yada, yada. So I get on this presentation this Google Hangout, first time ever. So I'm screen sharing, showing people what to do. And a few things happened that were pretty kind of monumental. One was I was like, okay, I need to pitch something to these people. There's like a thousand people on this presentation. <laughs> like I need to pitch people, right? I was like, if you want to do one-on-one -on -one Pinterest consulting with me, email me. So I had my email, which was the misfitmama at gmail.com, obviously. So <laughs> email me here. We can you know talk about doing a consultation. So I ended up getting three clients from this presentation. Mm. And I charged $300 for three hours of Pinterest consulting. And when the people first came to me, it wasn't their Pinterest accounts that were so bad. It was like their entire brand was bad. Right. Their websites were horrendous. All the photos were just, I mean, it was just God awful. And so I ended up becoming passionate about branding. I ended up becoming like their whole brand needs to work, you know? And so I ended up helping these people and I did way more than the three hours because I just really wanted to help these people because their stuff just was so bad. So and I have one of them, the before and after pictures, which I need to dig those up, how her website was before and then what it became. And so that was a big thing that happened. Like I was like, wow, like people paid me for the knowledge I had in my head, you know? And yeah. so I thought that that was really awesome. But another thing happened. And after that presentation, I got emails from people and even phone calls from people who said that I gave away too much information. Like I did too good. Like, how do you do too good? Right. <laughs> These were people on the call who were saying, yes, this? they watched the presentation and they said, you gave away too much information. You should have sold that. And just all of these, to me, just lack-minded type of comments. Mm. And I said to these people, I said, I understand where you are coming from. I used to be in that place, but I come from a place of abundance and I just want to serve people. And that was it. I knew it went against my beingness, you know, like it went against who I was. I just wanted to give value and help people. And this is my first ever presentation. It ended up being like two hours long. It was like, oh, wow. epic. of course, I said, um, 10,000 times. And, you know, it definitely <laughs> wasn't pretty, but the content was solid. So there was kind of like this shift that happened in me because it was like, OK, I can serve these people. These people really want this. And then. Another thing where it was like something went, it like just rubbed me the wrong way so much where I was just like, I am not going to listen to any of those people. Like those people, they pissed me off. It pissed me off that they would even <laughs> say that to me. Well, I was like, no, like I am just going to give value. And that's just how I am. I want to interject here because when we started this call, you said a big piece of it was believing in yourself. And, you know, I feel like you had this experience where someone believed in you. 
And because of that, they brought you on to their audience. I know I've had that experience. Like, so, and it's just like a crazy effect. Like, you know, Lewis Howes came to me and he's like, Hey, I want to showcase your YouTube stuff. And he's like, let me just bring you on a webinar. I'm like, okay, I've never really done a webinar before. And, and I know he had that same experience where Joel Calm said, wait, you know, LinkedIn stuff. And this is back in like 2009 and brought him on. And so we have these like very similar stories. And just to bring it full circle for a second, there's a lot of people that won't you know, not to be negative, but like may haven't had that experience or that opportunity yet and may not for a while. You don't feel like that's a necessity, right? Someone else has to believe in you and grab what you've done and showcase them. How can we shortcut that? Like if this didn't ever happen where someone started showing you, Hey, I can put you in front of a bunch of people and you can teach great stuff and they'll get value from it. How could you have just done it on your own anyways? Well, I think I manifested that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I you know, don't, I don't I, doubt I that. I feel yeah. like I was putting it out there so much. Like, I just want to serve people. I just want to serve people. Yeah. Because my video blog had, you know, a lot of followers. And then my blog at the time, just, you know, my regular written content, my recipes had a lot of followers. And I was serving and serving and serving, but I wasn't making money doing that. But I still believed in the fact that I want to do this, giving lots of value to people. And so I had to like really change my whole entire audience. I had to change gears completely. And I literally ended up deleting that entire blog, which was kind of craziness. But I knew I had to, I had to start over. Most people don't even know I ever even had that opportunity to get in front of those few people. And I feel like People need to reach out to others more. I remember even with you, James, after mm-hmm. I had my first launch, which I ended up making like 65000 in sales, yep. I remember reaching out to you and just telling you, you know, how much I appreciated the content you'd put out, how much it had helped me. Mm-hmm. And you immediately were just like, wow, that's amazing. Like, let's get on Skype. You yeah. know, like you just you wanted to talk to me. And I think sometimes we forget to reach out to people. And not like you were just like showcasing me all over, but we forget to reach out and connect to the people that are inspiring us, that are helping us along the journey. And, you know, people, they might listen to this podcast and, you know, be so appreciative of, you know, James and Phoebe, but then never even reach out, never try to contact them. And sometimes I think we're missing the boat when we do that. And my friend who, you know, who'd put me on that first you know, initial Google Hangout I ever did, you know, he was like coming from a place of just like, I just want to help my audience more. And you know, something cool, you know, and I hadn't even talked to him in probably two or three years. And we just kind of randomly did that. So I think sometimes there are things that happen to us that is just meant to happen in our journey Mm -hmm. for us to move forward and have a good vibration. I feel like we are able to start attracting those sorts of opportunities to us. I love what you say about reaching out to people because I think it kind of brings this full circle. But, you know, when we start at this beginning of creating this commitment to our customers, and we say that that's kind of this commonality that all these people have that are industry leaders, authorities, teachers, speakers, and coaches is they start from serving first. Then that means their commitment is getting results for the students. And I think when the student then reaches out to that person and says, here's the impact that you've had on me, there really is this like completion of the cycle where I think amazing things happen because that's all that when that is someone's commitment, that's all that they want. And that's the completion of a feedback loop. And I think amazing things can really start to happen. I mean, I look at one of my best friends and business partner, Brandon Lucero, that started with a, you know, we built a seven figure a year business around the fact that he reached out to me and said, you know, I've taken your YouTube stuff and I'm applying it to local businesses. And I want to show you like all the stuff I've been able to do from what I learned. And we created something from that. And you're right, Kimra, like, boy, these like intersections with people and completing that, hey, here's what you've put out in the world. And here's how it's made a difference. And why aren't more people doing that? Yeah, I think people just it's like they just don't think the other person would even talk to them or comment back to them or retweet, you know, or you know, it's like and I've always just been like, you know what, like I need to go out and talk to people. My first year in business, I did over 60 podcast interviews. Wow. I reached out to everyone and I was declined a lot. I mean, there was a lot of people just like, nah, nah. Like I was declined a lot. And now some of those people are kicking themselves because now I'm just like, yeah, I don't even want to be on your podcast now. (laughs) Yeah. Those stupid podcasters. Oh my goodness. 
there was a lot of people that declined me. And some of them that are actually my friends now, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You declined me when I asked you, you know, to be on your podcast. You I know, forgive so you. <laughs> I really believe in the reaching out. I think that yes. you have to start connecting with people and stop being afraid to go and talk to that person. And right now I'm interviewing, I have my own like video show called the Stellar Leader Show. And I've been, inter- you know, contacting people to interview that, you know, are somewhat famous, you know, people that have really, really massive followings, people whose stories inspire me. And some of them have declined. And sometimes it can hurt a bit. And I'm just like, oh, man, it's like a little, you know, kind of a punch in the gut a little bit. But then you're just like, you know what? There's another person that's going to say yes. Right. And once we can, you know, just start asking because it's like you can't get a yes if you never ask, you know, Mm. and I started my business like I'm just I mean, I went all in when I started my business. I was like, this has got to work. And I was like, I don't know how much money I'm going to make. It might take me a long time to make money, but I'm going to be head first into this. And I started asking for podcast interviews immediately. I mean, I didn't even have, I had like five YouTube videos on my new channel, you know, like it wasn't like I had like some big massive following and I still just started reaching out to people. That's all I did. And some people now they're like, well, I'm really grateful that I interviewed you in the beginning, you know, because they've been able to see how my story has changed and grown. And sometimes we have to give people a chance too. even myself. There's people that reach out to me all the time and want to interview me. And maybe their podcast is completely brand new and they don't have very many followers. And I do like to give people a chance, you know, when I'm like, hey, like if you really want to heavy promote this, like, yeah, like let's do it. And so I think it goes both ways, you know, one thing I know about you uh, personally is that you're you're using a lot of intuition. Uh, can you speak a little bit to how you're using intuition um, in your business and how you're making decisions that way? Yeah, the number one thing for me is I only do something if it's going to feel good. Mm. If it's not going to feel good, I just don't freaking do it. Can you give us a specific uh, example? Like, and what does it look like for something to feel good? Well, I have a specific example that actually has to do with you, James. Oh, no. So at that mastermind, you had been recommending to me to, you know, do a video series to go along with like my webinars with my launch, which is something that is super, super successful in this, you know, industry. And I love videos. Videos are one of my favorite things ever, which is why I started following you many years ago. And it just didn't feel right to me. Like, I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I don't like if to me, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Mm -hmm. And it just it just wasn't something I wanted to do. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just not doing it, even though everyone in my industry does it, even though they got all these formulas that make it magical. And I was just like, it's it's just not me. And I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to try to do something that's not me. And I've seen people do, you know, launches or, you know, things in business that aren't them. And it's flopped, you know. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to do what I've done and just enhance that and just keep on going and we'll see what happens. And I was really grateful that you had said that to me, James, because it actually helped me know something I didn't want. And a lot of times we have to know what we don't want to know what we do want. Yes. And so, like I said, I think there's kind of, to me, it's all just like this big magical ball of like things happening for certain reasons. And I like to follow the thing that feels the best to me. Webinar presentations have been something that I love them. When I first started, I was doing a webinar every week Mm. because I was just like, I'm just going to keep doing them and keep doing and keep doing because I want to be a master at this because I just liked it. And now I keep doing them and I definitely don't do them traditionally how a lot of people do them. I do it in my type of style. And I have still been able to have great results, even though I don't follow somebody's exact perfect way of doing a webinar. And like I said, it's always just what feels good. And I have a pile of crystals right here at my desk. I have (laughs) so many crystals. I'm all into crystals. And crystals, I think, are something for me. I'm a person who kind of lives very up high, like in La La Land a lot of the time. And crystals really help me stay very grounded and connected with Earth. And especially now because I do live in Manhattan and I'm on the ninth floor. So having, you know, crystals and things around me just really 
helps my vibration be more in a grounded place because, you know, like I said, my mind is kind of way up high all the time. It's just flying out there in the clouds and crystals have really, you know, helped me stay a grounded person. And, you know, a lot of my audience, they don't really know how kind of woo-woo, the you know, quote-unquote woo-woo I am, which I am a lot. I am a Reiki master. I really started getting into that heavily when I was pregnant with my second son, primarily because I had a lot of healing to go through. And I think just being a person who's had a lot of really, really horrendous things happen to me as a young adult, a teenager and a child that I had to heal from, I think that makes it easier for me to follow my intuition mm. because I've it's like I've developed like an awareness of things that I wish that I could infuse in other people. And sometimes it's difficult for me to because, you know, I, I get asked a lot, you know, how do you build this intuition? And I, and I think just as I kept on do what feels good, do what feels good, do what feels good. It has started to become a natural thing for me. Yeah. I love that. And a couple of things I want to say, I so geek out that you brought up crystals. Cause one thing I remember is when you came to that event in Laguna, I had crystals on the conference table. And the first thing you said is James, these crystals aren't charged. <laughs> How'd you know that? That's, that's something that very similar. I learned Reiki years ago and became a Reiki master. And it's not something I really started talking about until we started doing this podcast. And the other thing I want to do is share how my intuition led me to something that you had an impact on in my business. This was early spring of last year, 2015. And I like to say we have an episode on this, like really asking great questions and staying in the question will really attract great answers. I asked that morning, we'd got off a team meeting for our launch for local video Academy. And we had a video series and I asked a question, I want to do something different and effective and unique for our pre-launch phase before we jump into the video series. And I remember asking that question and kind of putting it out there and then forgetting about it. I went to lunch, I come back and you called me out of the blue and you just finished your launch and you're just calling me to just tell me like how it went and, you know, just keep me updated and you said, yeah, one of the things that we did that was really great was we did like mini webinars on different topics over the course of like three or four weeks. And I don't know if you remember this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is so great. And it was all the conversation was all focused on like I was focused on you. So I was just like, I'm so happy for you. This is so you know, congratulations, all this. And we get off the phone and it was like another hour or two later. And all of a sudden it like hit me and I was like, oh, we'll do that. And I was like, this genius. And so leading up to the three-part video series for two weeks before that, we just had every other day, we did a webinar on a very specific topic, a little live tutorial. We had customers come to our live event, people that became coaching students. And they said, like, you go, taking us through those webinars, doing that just solidified, you know, the purchase and becoming a customer. And this was the right decision. And we loved that. And that was the biggest launch we'd ever done. It's still the biggest launch we'd ever done. And for that product. And um, that was your inspiration right there. Well, I'm very, very happy about that. <laughs> and I never thanked you. So I'm thanking yeah. you officially now. So thank you, Kim Rose. You, you, you're very welcome. And I, <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful that I had called you. You know, you have been someone who kind of mentored me from afar for a few years before, you know, I had really had results where I felt like I could reach out to you and talk to you about it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very grateful for you in return because there's just been so many things, so many nuggets and things I've been able to apply to my business because of you, James. Wow. Thank you. Well, listen, as we start to wrap it up, you know, I feel like a lot of our listeners, we've opened a door and sent an invitation to go down the woo-woo rabbit hole. And I like to you know, take people down as deep as they can. And some people stand there on the edge and they're a little skeptical, a little nervous, a little like, you know, rolling the eyes. And it's so great to hear that you've just taken a dive into the deep end of it. What would be your parting advice for anyone who is curious about learning more about these things like intuition, law of attraction, energy, Reiki and crystals? I would say just start thinking about it from a place of like, this can help me be happier. Like not even necessarily like it's going to help me make a crap ton of money or it's going to make me manifest, you know, a billion dollar business. More from a place of like doing these little steps can help me be a happier person because that's all we really want. 
we want to be happy. We want our loved ones to be happy. That's what we want. And, you know, crystals and diving into spirituality and diving into the law of attraction. I mean, if anything, me diving into that, help me stop complaining. Mm. That is just, that's a huge thing, you know, to be a person where if I do complain, I'm able to stop it in its tracks. It's just so massive. And I'm really grateful that I started diving into this law of attraction thing because now I'm able to teach my children that I'm able to teach my students that I'm able to help people even more. And I feel when, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, are kind of naysayers. and I don't believe in that. And I mean, I have seen literally so many miraculous things happen in my life that shouldn't have happened. You know, I mean, even from a business standpoint, people are just like, how the hell did you achieve those results? Like people are just flabbergasted. And I know it's because I utilize the law of attraction. I utilize my spirituality and I utilize my intuition to guide me every day in my business. Yes. I love it. I love it. So I also know big news. You have a brand new website launching over at freedomhackers.com. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what we can expect over there? Yes. So my new website, freedomhackers.com is launching. And a lot of people have asked me like, well, why are you launching this? You already have your Kimra Luna website. And because I wanted my Freedom Hackers to really kind of have a hub where they can go to get great content, connect with each other and, you know, really start going through their biz venture is kind of what I call it. Mm. And the new website is going to have a bunch of new different free like mini courses, guidebooks, a lot of stuff for people to download to help them grow their businesses, help them connect better with their ideal customers, help them be better servants to their customers. And yeah, so definitely check out Freedom Hackers.com and you can learn all about that. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put a link in the show notes so you guys can get there quickly and easily. Kimra, anything else that you want to share in order to call this episode complete for you? Yeah, I just really want to say to all the listeners that you just have to be yourself. We don't have to be anything else other than who we are. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to come from a place of helping and serving others. I love that. Kimra, thank you. It has been such a privilege and an honor to have you on the show. Make sure you guys check out freedomhackers.com, brand new site up for you guys to connect and engage. And Kimra's got a ton of really cool, valuable freebies there for you to dive into. Kimra, thanks again. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. For 10 years now, I've made my living selling digital courses, membership subscriptions, and group coaching. I've been able to make millions of dollars. Yet even better, I've been able to help thousands upon thousands of students with my training. Yet I've never taught my system on how to actually get started. How to choose the right niche, the right product, the right tools, and the right plan. Until now. The information marketing industry is booming now more than ever. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in, well, now is your time. For the next eight weeks, I'm going to be delivering a brand new training course live showing exactly how to get started and get profitable, even if you have no list, no product, or no idea. And the best part is it's 100% free. All you have to do is request an invite to my private Facebook group. Every week, I'll broadcast a live, in-depth training with homework, action items, and of course, Q&A. So to request access to my private group now and join the training absolutely free, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. That's www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. And I'll see you there.